Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. All right, man, let me ask you one more time. How's everybody doing today? <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Again, we're glad that you're here. If you're a guest, make sure you fill out that connection card in the seat back in front of you and uh, let us know how we can connect with you, minister to you, and uh, serve you. And if you came for a turkey, don't worry, that's coming. Right after the service, we're going to be handing out turkeys. We got uh, some gift cards. Man, our church, one of our core values is we give irrationally, and our church stepped up to help us be a blessing to our community, and we're so excited that you're here. Thank you for being here this morning. Well, we're in a sermon series, and this is the, the third week in this series called Return to Sender. And uh, it's kind of a key concept, a key thought that I've shared the entire time, and it's this, and I want you to repeat it after me. God owns, I steward. Let's do it again. God owns, I steward. Amen. Amen. You see, having money, I've, I've said this before, having money is not bad. It's when money has you that that, that becomes a problem for for you and for me. Paul told his uh, protege, Timothy, he says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. They've wandered from the faith. They've walked away from the faith or, or maybe not completely walked away, but they, they got farther away than they, what they needed to be. They wandered from the faith. In Matthew chapter six, Jesus, he's talking about this. He says, don't store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where thieves do, do not break in and steal. And where, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Will be also. So don't store up treasure on earth because, man, it goes away. It gets old. It gets scuffed. It gets wrecked. It gets stolen. It, it rusts. All of those things, you know it, I know it. It's part of life. Don't store up treasure on earth because it just goes away. Instead, instead, Jesus says, store up treasure in heaven because they can't take it from you. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So today I have a little illustration for you, something that I kind of I brought here that I wanted you guys to see for just a second. So, so here is my, my, my pay for the week. Renewed Church is very generous uh, with, with my pay. This is um, 10 $1 bills right here. So, so thank you, Renew Church, for your faithfulness and giving to, to me. Uh, that was a joke for those of y'all are like, really? That's what he gets? Uh, but I, I want to talk about this, and I want to talk about this principle of, of, of how we handle, how we manage our money. And so I'm going to just kind of use an, an example of maybe how some of us might handle our money. So first of all, here's the rent. Let me, let me cover my rent. Um, Here's groceries, right? Can't go without eating. There's groceries. And then there's the five C's, right? The car. So here's the car. I got the car there. Um, what's the other one? Cable. Um, what's the other one? Uh, karate. Um, I, you know, if you're in karate, if your kids are in karate. Um, are you, oh, is it K? Really? Uh, you, you have to give me a lesson later. I, I knew that. Uh, and then you have... Um, then you have uh, the credit cards. Everybody knows in America you can't live without a credit card. Everybody lives on credit card. That's, we love to pay 22% debt, interest on debt, right? Um, so you have that. And then you have um, clothes. You know, so I got my five C's. I've got my, my, my groceries, my rent. What else do I have? Um, electric, right? Got to pay electric and water. So there's that. 
Um, there's, you know, the restaurant, you know, Reconcito, wherever you like to go, it's, it's right there. And I still got a little bit left. Thank God I have a little bit left because after today and this afternoon, there's something special happening. And uh, I got I to gotta make sure I have it for DraftKings. I got I to gotta cover my, uh, my bets today, right? So that, at least that's what they say is really important. That's where you prioritize your money, right? That's, that's, that's kind of the, the average way that we sometimes give our money, right? Man, did I miss anything? Savings. Tithe, tithe. Somebody said it, tithe. Huh. You know, I don't really have, I, because of everything that I, I, I wanted to do, I don't really have tithe, but you know what? Um, I, I found something here, and maybe this will work. Um, I got this bright, shiny quarter here. I got this, this, and, and you know what? So I'm, I want to go ahead and make, make a little, like, offering here. So I'm going to just throw this up here. Because God knows my heart, right? You know, so, so I want to put that there because God knows my heart, right? How many of you have ever heard that or said that? If you, you don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to be guilty to say this. But you know what I'm saying where it's like, I give, 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 give to all of these things. I do all of these things with the money that God has entrusted to me. And then I get to the end of the month and I don't even have enough money for the end of the month. And then when it's time to give, I'm like, ah, let me see what I can get. And I come up with and I give God just that little bit left over, right? And then we say something like, God knows my heart. And my answer to you is, yes, God knows your heart. For where your treasure is, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's the scripture for today. Go in his peace. You are, I'm just kidding. You're not, you're not dismissed today. Uh, people have strong opinions about money in the church, and they have strong feelings towards how to give and, and when to give. And some people would not dare spend a dime without giving God his share first. It's called the tithe. But some people want to debate it. I, I don't want to debate it. I'm, I'm not wired that way. When you try to convince me of something, I probably won't have a quick comeback for you on it, you know, but I have my convictions. I also have my own personal testimony of what God has done in my own life, and nobody can argue with what God has done in my life. But just here's some of the things that I alluded to last week. It's not a debate, but like for the person that says tithe is the Old Testament, uh, and I'm a New Testament Christian, well, get ready to give it all because that's what Acts 2, 42 to 48 says, that they had everything in common and they sold whatever they had to help each other. That's just the way the New Testament was. New Testament is you give it all, not just a tithe. Uh, tithe, some would say, that's the law, pastor, and I'm under grace. Right, you're right, but stealing is law. So does that mean since you're under grace, it's okay to walk out and steal that brand new Tesla? I saw it, it was nice. You guys are under grace, so, so is somebody going to steal that Tesla today on your way out and drive that home and leave your Pinto on the, in the parking lot, right? I don't know if there's a Tesla out there, actually. But you're not under the law, right? So are you under grace and you can do that? No, no. Uh, Jesus says in Matthew 5, I didn't come to abolish the law of the prophets, but to fulfill them. Today, I'm not actually talking about Old or New Testament. I'm not talking about law or grace. I'm talking about a principle. I'm talking about a principle of the first, and, and this is what I want you to get today, and it was taught by Pastor Robert Morris in Dallas, Texas. If you want to learn more about his ministry and, and what he teaches on this, I encourage you to get his book. It's called The Blessed Life. I'm not speaking from law or grace. I want to look beyond the law while staying in the middle of God's grace and in the boundary of his blessing that I talked about last week, and I want to talk about the principle of the first. 
And again, I'm not preaching about money because we need it. God provides all of our needs. I mentioned a few weeks ago that my salary has been sponsored by someone that doesn't physically attend Renew Church. But the couple that has given to Renew Church since we started in 2019 and actually in our launch season in 2018, they could stand here and tell you these same principles with such conviction that they can't help but share it with you because of the way that it changed their lives, because of the way that it's impacted them. In fact, 12 years ago, sitting at their kitchen table, I was sitting with this, uh, this man, and, and we were looking at some of their debt and some of the struggles they were having in business and questioning if chapter 7 or chapter 11 was going to be a better option for them. They opted for neither. And now their businesses are so successful, and I said businesses because they run multiple businesses. They're so successful that on top of their tithe, they give to multiple ministries hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. A year. And they tithe on the gross. For those of you that want to know and you want to ask me about that later, I'll tell you later. But they do that. He told me this just a few months ago. So we want something for you more than we want something from you. I want you to experience what happened in his life from 12 years ago or maybe 14 years ago to, to where he is today. Teaching on giving isn't always the funniest, funnest thing to talk about and I get a little bit sweaty knowing that I'm teaching on this. I, I get a little bit anxious because I know people have strong opinions about this and they're like, wow, I knew it. The preacher, he's all, always ever wanting money. But I can't apologize for talking about something like this because if I truly believe something can help you, why would I avoid it when I believe that tithing can change everything about your life? You see, hand, how we handle our finances demonstrates to God who is first in our lives. It demonstrates to God who is first in our lives. The big idea this morning, and this is if you're taking notes, and I encourage you to take notes because this is how you retain and this is how you can go back and study further. But in the notes, the fill in the blank, this is one of the blanks. It's more than anything else in your life. The money that God has entrusted you with has the power to demonstrate what is first. We need to drop that slide. More than anything else in your life, the money God has trusted you with has the power to demonstrate who or what is first. So if you've got 15 pair of Jordans, maybe you Jordans are a bigger priority than Jesus. I'm not saying that for sure, but ask the question and answer the question, which is a priority in your life? Picking on somebody that just told me about all of his Jordan collection, and I love him, and I'm not, I'm not judging you, my brother. <laughs> But all of us have a passion. All of us have a... I mean, you see me come to church and I'm usually wearing a different pair of shoes. They're, they, they may not be as expensive, but I, I like shoes. So that's the thing. I, I, I'm not judging anybody today. But our text today is Exodus chapter 13. Exodus 13, and, and, and to give you a little bit of background, God has just caused Pharaoh and the Egyptians to release the entire nation of Israel. This is, is the group of people that, that were literally his slave labor force while the Egyptians were building, you know, their, their empire. And all of a sudden, he, he says, go, get out, get away from me. I mean, it took a little bit of convincing, 10 plagues, but they left his sight. And Israelites were, the Israelites were on their way to their own land, the land flowing with milk and honey. It's called the promised land. And, and God gives Moses this kind of this, this setup of, here's what you need to do 
with what you're about to go into. Exodus chapter 13, starting at verse 1. The Lord says to Moses, Consecrate to me every firstborn male. The firstborn offspring of every womb among the Israelites belongs to me, whether man or animal. I want to talk about just this verse for just a minute. Consecrate. He says, Consecrate to me every firstborn male. In other words, consecrate means give it over to me as holy. Set it apart, make it holy. If it's, if it's uh, firstborn and it's male, give it to me. 16 times in scripture, God declares the firstborn is his. He claims ownership of the firstborn. He wanted the Israelites to realize that he gets the first and he gets the best. Right after he helps deliver them out of slavery, he does. Exodus 13, verse 11, and then it says, after the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites and gives it to you as he promised on oath to you and your ancestors, you are to give over to the land the first offspring of every womb. All the firstborn males of your livestock belong to the Lord. Redeem with the lamb every firstborn donkey, but if you do not redeem it, break its neck. Redeem every firstborn among your sons. So every firstborn, firstborn of the womb, every Everyone is, is consecrated, it's set apart, and some are sacrificed, and some are redeemed. Here's the first thing. It, the firstborn, this is one of your points if you're taking notes, it must be sacrificed or redeemed, one or the other. Throughout Scripture, that's what we see. What this means is that from the beginning, God instituted an order with everything that we have and broke everything down into two categories, that which was going to be sacrificed and that which was going to be redeemed. That, that which was clean, and that which was unclean. So, God was saying, some of the things that you give to me are clean. Example, a lamb. It was considered clean. So you would take the first one, and you would kill it, and this was called a sacrifice. And then there was the second category, which was the unclean. And God would not receive anything that was unclean. Example, a donkey, as he... he uh, described here a donkey was unclean because it was unclean god would not receive it as a sufficient sacrifice so you didn't take the firstborn donkey and sacrifice it instead you had to find a clean thing to take its place and that was called redemption that was called redeeming the clean uh the unclean with the clean so the lamb was clean it qualified to take the place for the unclean donkey and redeem it the second thing that I want you to get is the clean had the ability to redeem the unclean. I know that I just said that, but I, I need you to hear this enough to, to get a picture of what this is about, because you might be like, why are we talking about barnyard animals? Why are we talking about donkeys and sheep in church today? This is not relevant, and um, I'm, I'm not here for that. I want you to get a picture of this. We came into the world, and we were, when we were born into the world, um, let me just ask the question, were we born into the world... Um, Clean or unclean? Unclean. You're right. Unclean. You know why? Because we have a sin nature. You know why? Because we inherited that which was given to us by Adam and Eve when they sinned. That's called that, that inherited sin. And that sin nature has been passed on to us. And you know how you can know that? Ask an expert. Ask an expert. Ask a mama if she has to tell her daughter how to, to, to hit or bite or do anything like that. No, they didn't teach them how to do that. They just know how. Why? Because they have this sin nature in them. It's that, that inherited uncleanness in us. We came into the world unclean. And God's firstborn son, the spotless lamb of God, amen? 
He redeems the unclean. So God gave Jesus first, even when we were sinners, while we were unclean. God didn't wait to see if we would change before he gave us Jesus. He gave us Jesus first. I need you to get this. God gave his first and best and only for us. Amen? That's who our God is. Praise God. Amen. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that's what this principle is all about. We tithe first in faith before we see if we have enough, and then God blesses. It's not the giving of the 10% that brings the blessing. It's the principle of putting God first and having faith in God that brings the blessing. So we've talked about animals and, and, and the clean and unclean, but let's talk about fruit for a minute because there was also some farmers in those days. Exodus 23, verse 19 says, The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord. So for the farmers, he said it's the same thing because I don't know if you remember the story of uh, Adam and Eve's sons, Cain and Abel, but Cain, uh, he brings the sacrifice, but he, or he brings an offering but it says, if you read that story, it says he just brings some of the offering. But what does Abel do? Abel brings the firstborn lamb. So Abel's like a shepherd or rancher, and Cain is a farmer. He's got these fruits and, and vegetables. But he just brings some of it. This scripture tells us the first of the first fruits of your land, not what's left over, you shall bring, and you shall bring it into the house of the Lord. It's the first. The last of your first fruits, they won't do. The first fruits must be offered. And where does it say to bring it? It says to bring it into the house of the Lord. Not a TV ministry, not to a missionary. You can't pay for someone else's groceries and call that a tithe. It's a really good thing. It's generous. It's a blessing to someone else. It might change someone else's life, but it's not the tithe. It's not what this is speaking of. Proverbs chapter 3 says this, Honor the Lord with your possessions. And with the first fruits of all your increase, so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Increase. It's that portion that was produced from their labor. This is a picture of giving first to God. And the outcome? Your barns will be filled with plenty. When you honor God, when you give God first, your barns will be filled with plenty. Think about this. Look at, like, look at this example. When Israel left Egypt and they crossed the Jordan, you go to Joshua. So it's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, right? So it's the sixth book in the Bible. Israel leaves Egypt. They cross into the promised land. Joshua is their new leader because Moses has disobeyed. He didn't make it to the promised land. Um, and what's the first city they took? It was, I, I won't make you put you on the spot, but I'll tell you the answer. It was Jericho. It was Jericho. And if you, if you know the story or maybe you grew up in church, you heard um, the song, Joshua fought the battle at Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. All right, anyway, so, so here's, how the, here's how the story goes for those of you that think I'm weird singing some weird song, but this is how the story goes. Joshua and the Israelites, they're going to battle, but here's how they go to battle. They circle the city one time on the first day, another time on the second day. Every day for six days, they circle the city six, six times total. And then on the seventh day, 
They circled it seven times. They do a total of 13 trips. And then if you know the end of the song, it says, and the walls come a-tumbling down, right? It, the wall comes tumbling down, it gets destroyed, and then literally they, they just conquer. They take over. The, the city is theirs. And the Lord says, the city and all that is in it, Joshua 6, 17, the city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall be spared. That's because if you read the earlier chapters, Rahab opened the door for the spies to go and see the city. He says, because she hid the spies, we sent. But keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. And then it says, everything made from silver, gold, bronze, or iron is sacred to the Lord and must be brought into his treasury. So he says, everything from this first battle belongs to God. Why did God say to bring it all to me? Why did God say to bring all of it to me? Why? Because Jericho was the first city. After 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, Jericho was the first city that they conquered. And he said, if you'll bring this to me, then the rest will be yours. God says, I want the first. I want the best. And so that's what Joshua does. In Joshua chapter 7, he, he brings the first and the best. But there was a guy in, in, in that story in the, amongst the Israelites, a guy that didn't have that kind of faith. His name was Achan. And instead of giving all of it, he kept a little bit back and he hid it. He kept a little bit back and, and, and he kept it for him and maybe for his family. And so in Joshua chapter 6, we see how God is calling this, th these things, the gold and the silver and the iron and the bronze, he calls it consecrated. And he says, when you, when you do this, Consecrated to me, and he's, he's calling it a, 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 a blessing, set apart holy. But in Joshua chapter 7, the next chapter, after Achan takes what God has called for himself, Achan, uh, when Achan does this, God calls it cursed. He goes from calling it consecrated to calling it cursed. I don't know if you're seeing the principle in God's order at work. It's the same stuff. But it's the difference in your heart. It's, it's because you didn't give it all to me. And when you don't give it all to me, it's no longer consecrated. It's cursed. That's the principle happening through Scripture. The tithe is the same. It must be brought first. And, and notice I didn't say given. I said brought. It must be brought because you can't give something that's not yours. You know, if I have... Uh, Carlos stay at my house for a week so that uh, he can watch Trixie, my dog, and, and I can go and be with my, my family in Oklahoma and so that our dog doesn't have to stay in a little boarding house thing. When I get back, I don't ask Carlos for my house back. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't ask him to, to give me my house back. No, he was literally just watching my dog. So he's not giving me my house. He's just returning it. You see what I'm saying? Like, he was the steward of the house, and when I get back, he's going to give it back. Maybe you know of a parable called the parable of the talents where, where this happens. The tithe is his. I'm just returning it. So I want to I uh, transition uh, for just a second. I want to give you this, this example for just a moment. Let's go back to, to my income here. Let me take my, my money back, and let's talk about this. So I'll take the, the house and the 
I wish the house was that cheap, you know what I'm saying? But uh, house and gas and the five C's, four C's and a K. Uh, DraftKings, yeah, electricity, eating out, all of that stuff. Here it all is, right? I got it all. So here's, here's my, my illustration one more time. This is my income. These are 10 $1 bills. How much is the tithe? Anybody that, that, that knows this knows what a tithe represents. How much is the tithe? So 10%, $1, right? I love that about this principle. You know, if you don't like, if you don't like the idea of giving, you know, just make less, right? Make, make $10 and all you got to give is a dollar, right? But if you make a million dollars, oh, wow, that's a lot to give, you know? If it sounds like a lot, then make less and you'll be fine. You'll, you'll feel a lot better about this. So, so how much is the tithe? One dollar. I don't want a percentage. I want to know the amount. How, how much? One dollar. One dollar. That's it. This is the tithe. Trick question. Which one is the tithe? Which one is the tithe? The first one that leaves your hand. The tithe is the first one that leaves your hand. Before anything else, so, so we know it's the, the, the one dollar, but the tithe is the first one that leaves your hand. Because is it really faith to give 10% after we've paid all the bills? No, not really. And I don't want to get legalistic about this and uh, think that, you know, you've got to, you know, cause a fight with your wife if she writes a check to DirecTV. Nobody writes checks. If, if, she, if she, she pays the, the cable bill before you tithe because it's about the heart, right? But the first has the power to bless the rest. The first has the power to bless the rest, and it's really about that heart. In Romans 11, New Testament, if the part of the dough offered as first fruits is holy, then the whole batch is holy. If the root is holy, so are the branches. In other words, it's, it's what you do with the first that makes the rest. And it, it, that's just the way that works. The Lord is saying, if you put me first, I'm going to bless the rest. I'm going to have you come back up. Whenever you return to God the tithe, you release his power so that he can bless the rest. And God will take your 90% and make it more than if you had lived on your 100%. Why? Because the first is the power to bless the rest. And I would rather live on 90% blessed than 100% cursed. So don't be, you know, let me say this. Don't be condemned if you struggle with this. We all have struggles. For some, this is our struggle. For some, this is the thing that it's like, man, this is the piece of my life that, that I, I can't seem to give over to God. But if you feel conviction today, be obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit because God wants to work in your life. God wants to bless your life. God wants to take care of you. Here's how this Exodus 13 concludes. Exodus 13, verse 12, and I'm, I'm rereading the first part of that that I read earlier. He says, you are to give over to the Lord the first offspring of every womb. All the firstborn males of your livestock belong to the Lord. Redeem with the lamb every firstborn donkey. But if you do not redeem it, break its neck. Redeem every firstborn among your sons. In the days to come, when your son asks you, what does this mean? Say to him, with a mighty hand, the Lord brought us up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. 
And when Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed the firstborn of both people and animals in Egypt. And this is why I sacrificed to the Lord the first male offspring of every womb and redeem each of my firstborn sons. You see, your kids, your children, they want to know why we do what we do. God was telling Moses to instruct the Israelites, hey, they're going to ask you, in a couple of generations, they're going to ask you, why, why do you do this? You know, you're a, you're, a, you're a rancher. You raise livestock for a living. And every time the baby is born, the first one, you always take its, you, 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 you cut its throat and you sacrifice it. And why do you do that, Dad? Like, we've killed 50 lambs this year. That's money. That's, that's, that's ours. That, you could have given that to someone or you could have, sold that you could have done these things and god was giving this instruction to the israelites or to moses to pass on to the israelites that with a mighty hand the lord brought us up out of egypt out of the land of slavery and when pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go the lord killed the firstborn of both people and animals and this is why i sacrificed to the lord so trevor what does that have to do with me what does that have to do with me Here's what it has to do with. Your kids want to know why you do what you do. And nobody's going to be walking out and, you know, killing their animals today or, 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 or anything like that. But they want to know why you give. They want to know why you tithe. And they're going to watch what you do. And whatever you do, they do. So whenever they do it, whenever they watch you, they're going to say, Dad, why, why do you do this? Why do you, Mom, why do you, why do you give to the church so faithfully and Sometimes we struggle a little bit. Well, son, well, daughter, because dad, he wasn't always the pastor that he is today. He wasn't always the follower of Jesus that he was today. But back many years ago, dad surrendered his life to Jesus. He gave up his life and, and Jesus came in and Jesus became the sacrifice. He became the, 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 the redeeming sacrifice. And he took my place. And because of that, I can't help but honor him with that first. Amen. Your kids want to know what you do, why you do what you do. I said it in the first service. Um, your kids are watching you. They're watching you. And, and I heard a preacher say this one time, what's optional for the parent becomes unnecessary for the child. If it's optional for the parent, it's kind of like, eh, maybe, maybe not. You know what it becomes for the next generation? Unnecessary. Does that make sense? If it doesn't make sense, just look up a generation. Think about your parents. Was it optional for them? And, and where are you at in this, in this talk with this stuff? Where are you at on it? But if you can, if you can say, you know what, I want to do this because not only for me and for the blessing of my life, but because I'm passing this down, my kids want to know why I do what I do. They're watching. They're learning. They're following you. They're not going to listen to me. They're going to listen to you. We have to teach the generation. Not because if we don't, God won't love us. Not because we have to. This is a principle. 
Remember, I said it's a principle. We do it because of all he's done for us. Amen? I think I'm done. I think I'm closing with that. That's a good close, right? I'm done. <laughs> Would you stand? Bow your heads with me and close your eyes. Some of you are uh, first time in the room and you're all like, man, this is what this church is all about. If that's the case, uh, let me tell you, first of all, if this isn't your, your, your home church, don't feel any obligation or pressure here. This isn't your home church. Just, just know that we love you and we welcome you regardless. But wherever you're at in this, in this conversation, in this message today, just be obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Let God work in you. Here's the first step of obedience. The first step of obedience, with every head bowed and every eyes closed, it's obedience to surrender and allowing the sacrifice, the, the redemption of the unclean, the clean to, to replace the unclean, which is the spotless Lamb of God to come and to, to re redeem the sinful, dark, dirty, broken Trevor. You fill in the blank. Praise be to God that we have that opportunity. And if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is the day of salvation. Today can be the day. November the 20th, Thanksgiving week, 2022, can be the day that you surrender it all to Jesus. Before you do anything else, surrender your life to Jesus. Because it's not about giving so you can get saved. No, no, no. That's not, that's, we're talking about grace right now. And it's the unmerited favor, the grace of God that saves you from your sin. If you don't know Jesus, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. It's called the prayer of salvation. It's really just words that, that come together to, to, to define what we're trying to say in our heart. And if you don't know Jesus, I encourage you, and I encourage the entire body of Christ, even those online, to repeat this prayer after me as a commitment to God of our asking him to come and save us and change us from the inside out. Repeat this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me. I know that I'm a sinner, that I've made mistakes. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. Redeem me. Make me brand new. Today, I declare you as my Lord and my Savior. With your heads bowed, every head bowed, every eyes continue to be closed. If that was you today that prayed that prayer and asked Jesus to come into your life, I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to bring you to the front. But if God's speaking to you, if that's you today, would you just lift your hand right where you're at and say, Pastor, that was me today. That was me today. Is that you? Is that you? Praise God for you. I see your hand. Anybody else? Praise God. We want to help you take next steps and make sure that you're walking with Jesus and, and growing in your relationship with God. Maybe, though, this... this next part is for you because you've been walking with Jesus but there's that part of your life that you haven't surrendered fully over to him you haven't given it over to him and it's maybe in the area of finances maybe you're afraid of it because of how expensive it is to live in Miami whatever it is I don't know what it is today here and now trust God ask God to do what only he can do to begin to change you and help you and organize your Get, get some order in your finances. 
to help you with these things that you might be struggling with, to, to trust him so that you can teach your kids and they can follow in your footsteps. If that's you today and you're saying, Pastor, pray for me, I'm, God's working in my heart. Would you just lift your hand right where you're at? Praise God, I see your hand. I see your hand, I see your hand. I see your hand. Praise God, praise God. Let me pray for you. And Lord, I thank you so much for hands. Thank you for hearts. I thank you for lives. I thank you for what you're doing in each and every single one than the sound of my voice. I pray, oh God, that you would just help these, your people, to, to experience, fully experience your grace, your blessing, your mercy, your favor. God, but also even this, this, this struggle that we have, this battle within the flesh of, of what's going on in our hearts. I thank you for these people, God. I thank you that you loved them. And you loved them first, knowing that they were still going to struggle with this. It didn't cause you to hesitate to die for them. While we were still sinners, you died for us. But God, if this is an area that they're missing on the blessing, I pray that, God, they would just surrender it to you and say, God, I give even this over to you. I thank you for your faithfulness in my life and thank you for your love and your grace and all the things that you've done in us, through us, through this church, God, being able to give away 100 plus turkeys and gift cards today, all the amazing things that we're going to be able to do because of the generosity of these, your people. Thank you, oh God. We love you. We praise you. We give it all to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. Hey, let's close our, our service with this song and uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll close the service in just a moment.
Lord, you will never fail. Your name is powerful. Your word's unstoppable. All things are possible in you. Can we give it up one more time for our worship team? Powerful, powerful. I just want to take a second to say that um, what Pastor Trevor was speaking about on stage, the 90-day tithe challenge, last year me and my wife, we took that challenge. And I encourage everybody in here to pray over that this week. Pray what you can do and take that challenge because God has been so faithful to us and he will continue to be faithful to you. So we do have a couple of announcements that we want to let you guys know. So coming up on December 17th and 18th, we have our Christmas program. Yes, we can give it up for that. So we had our interest gathering last Wednesday. And we had some people show up, but we need more help. So if you are interested in helping out with the Christmas program, please see Stephanie. She would be more than happy to give you any information. Yep, there you go. Raise your hand. There he is. Um, she would be more than happy to give you any information you might need to find a way to get you plugged into that program. It's going to be a tremendous program. I encourage you not to miss that as well. So coming up on, thir on Thursday, is there anybody else excited for Thanksgiving? I love me some Thanksgiving. So if you got one of the tickets and you are looking to get your turkey, the way you're going to do that is you're going to come out these double doors. Once you get to the glass doors, you're going to make a left, head down to the breezeway. Pastor Ricardo and some helpers will be out there to help you get your turkey. If you need more, if you know a person that you can bless as well, please feel free. We have more than enough turkeys. Bless your friends. Bless your family. 
Um, yeah, we're going to take the rest of them. We're going to give them away to the um, in the Redlands. But if you need extra turkeys, feel free. Last but not least, there are three different ways that you can give to Renew Church. The first is in person, using the envelopes on your seat back. You can fill them up and um, go ahead, drop them off in a bucket on the way out. Second is online at www.renew.miami slash giving. And third is you can text, <laughs> text to give um, 786 five six five one six five everybody remembers that phone number except for me i apologize but um so if you guys can pray with me heavenly father we thank you for this day lord we thank you for just um this these these encouraging words on how you will be faithful to us when we are faithful to you and faithful to others Father, during this week of Thanksgiving, Lord, I just pray for all the families that are traveling. Lord, I just pray that they have safe travels. Pray for the families that are coming to us. Pray for the families here that are going abroad. Lord, I just pray that you just be with us during these travels. During the, uh, I know that there's some bad weather, Lord. Just, just, just pray that everybody arrives where they're going safe. And I pray that you just bless that time. Lord, I just pray over this offering. Lord, I just pray that it's used to, um, to advance your kingdom, Father, and that you just bless this offering. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You are all dismissed.